From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, it's Renegade Express, taking all the questions from our valued subscribers on the Warchant.com Tribal Council. Wake Up War Champ, again, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. It is Thursday night. Get your dauber, get your lucky bingo card ready. Can you bring your own bingo card? Can you can you make your own bingo card, Corey, or is there CP official issued bingo cards you no, have no there you got to go up there and get the ones that they hand out because oh. you pay them money for them oh so, that's how it works yeah, oh okay you got to pay them money to get to get your bingo card come that's, on Aslan. that's the I cash you played bingo before so that's how the cash prize starts huh not how the goodness of bill's heart but just redistributing correct. yeah yeah yes correct it's redistributing but yeah man 250 bucks how about that it's real money Can't we can use it. it it's real money right have you started buying any gifts yet for the family for the people in your life yet? Not yet. You wait till after Thanksgiving. Or are you a day before Christmas kind of guy? Uh, yeah, I'm more of a day before Christmas. I, although, you know, with this day and age, who goes to a mall anymore? So I'll probably start around December first or second. I'll ask Brady what he wants, and that's Brady and Stephanie are really only the only people I buy for. So it's not what about Sharon. Anything you're sharing anymore? No, we don't really do that anymore. By the way, but before we get into the Christmas list stuff and before we get to Renegade Express and answer all your questions, oh. um, I think people want to know, at least Stephanie does, how what what happened with the uh, Tinder date on Saturday? You, you moving all along? You advancing? Um, It was all right. It, it's there's some layers to it that I don't want to like talk about. Like, uh, oh, there nothing, you go. Like, that's nice. Not embarrassing or anything, but um, she's really mean. Uh, but oh. she's really smart, though, so it's it's okay. I can live with that. Um, I need someone like smart. I can't, you know, I just can't deal with you if you're not really all that smart. But and mean, I feel like you're probably mean too. So yeah, exactly. Like yeah, good, it's like all right, cool. Like, I don't have this whole like, oh, I'm a real sweetheart kind of thing. So I'm not a sweetheart. So that was kind of cool. Uh, okay. But she's busy this week, so next week we'll try to do it again, which I think will happen. But if it doesn't, whatever, life goes on. Um, but it was good. It was good to get back out there with something. Like, oh, cool. She's attractive. Oh, cool. She's intelligent. Oh, she's ambitious and like doesn't have a whole bunch of uh, other things going on. But there is something other thing going on. But I, I don't want to talk about it. Then it feels okay. Like it's, All right. Well, that, well like a, but it, it's there. There is a there is a possibility of another one. Yeah. 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 Okay, absolutely. Good. There you yeah, go. There yeah, you go. So. That's all we wanted to know. Yeah. It's all we the wanted season. To know. But she's right, she's like good. only 28, though. So tell Steph sorry. Because I know Steph wants hey, man, somebody in there. You're fine. If you, you do the seven year rule, bud, she makes it. In, she's she's right in there. In that I window. know. Perfect. Just right. Divide your age in half and add seven. And she's older than that. So yeah. you're in good shape. Yeah, I'm in there. All right. Um, Did you want to talk about practice at all Wednesday? Anything you like? Um. Yeah, you know, uh, Greedy Vance had three interceptions. What? Um, yeah, well, two were in scout team, but they were both pick sixes, hmm. which which was good to see. And then he had one and seven on seven when uh, who bobbled it? Uh, Russo's, I think, our oh, man Russo's, the walk on bobbled a pass and handed her. But hey, Greedy made the play. Yeah. Um, Jarian Jones had a pick. Azaria Thomas had a pick um, off AJ Duffy. I, Jamie Robinson had a pick off. Jamie Robinson was incredible. He had a pick off Rodemaker. Um, Azaria Thomas's was off Duffy, but I think McLean stopped running the route. Um, and this was this; these two were eleven on eleven. Um, 
and I think McLean stopped running the route kind of like a, 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 a fade to the end zone, but Azaria stuck with it and made a nice play on the ball. And then Jamie Robinson just undercut the tight end and made a great catch. And then here's the thing that was the most impressive about Jamie Robinson on Wednesday. One-on-ones. Mm. Who do you think my man guarded one-on-one in all that space? Micah Pittman or Ja'Kai? Nope. Ja'Kai. So he did guard Pittman. Pittman got him with a double move right out of the gate. It was a perfectly thrown ball by Rodemaker. Really nice throw on a 40-yard ball down the field that Robinson just missed, but Pittman, Pittman caught. But then he, took, he got Douglas twice, once in one-on-ones, um, you know, going away from the end zone, and then one from like the five-yard go line going to the end zone and uh, clamped him down both times, deflected the pass both times, cut in front of him both times. Jamie Robinson is a pretty special guy, man. That was uh, So that those to me were the most impressive. Greedy Vance making plays uh, and then Jamie Robinson looking like that in practice. But the receivers made some plays too. Uh, Johnny Wilson caught a couple touchdowns on one-on-ones, uh, beat Duke Cooper on both. But are you really beating them? It's just, it's just Johnny Wilson being good. I mean, it's not like Cooper did anything wrong necessarily. It was just the balls were thrown high by Rodemaker and Duffy, and he caught it. And then um, anybody else stand out? Pokey made a great catch. Portier made a couple nice catches and then dropped one that Norvell let him hear about. Uh, kind of didn't have a great effort on it. Um, but overall, man, it just it, it seemed like a good practice. Jared Verse and Fabian Lovett both looked good. Um, in the in the work they did, Jared Verse just blew up a play in eleven on eleven. Like literally, it was like an insta sack. As soon as the ball was snapped, didn't know where to go. It just oh, he he was tapped. So uh, so yeah, man, they uh, normal good practice seemed like. Saw Fabian coming out of the moor earlier in the week with like house shoes on and like nothing on his on his lower legs. So I can share that. That wasn't seen at practice. That was me being a human being, being a citizen oh, journalist. There you go. Yeah. So well, he's probably he was close to 100%. he was not in house shoes. He was not in house shoes on Wednesday. <laughs> um, guys missed practice with illness. Apparently, mm -hmm. Buffalo Bills are dealing with this. Jimbo dealt with it a few weeks ago. I guess it's the new normal. I guess like flus go around football teams now. Let's let's start taking our vitamin C and our zinc. But the good news is that Mike Norvell did say after practice he doesn't anticipate anybody not being available for Saturday's game. So yeah. Good to get that hit. Good to have that hit you if it's going to hit you Tuesday, mm. hopefully Tuesday ish, of late Louisiana. Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, with Tuesday. yeah on the Louisiana week. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that said, let's get to the Renegade Express. All these questions come from our value subscribers over on WarChant.com. You too can be a value subscriber for only ten American dollars for an entire year of that title. Valued subscriber. Why not? What else are you doing with ten bucks? Everybody, thumbs up too. Don't forget that'd be kind of cool. A little bit of, I guess, I don't know, requests. Let's get to the requests first here. Maui Wowie, wake up. If FSU goes 10-3 and this year, will we get to see Corey pour another bottle of champagne on his head? This would bring tons of joy to the followers of WarChant. Thanks, fellas, for the amazing content. Go Knowles. I would say there's a chance if – there's probably a pretty good chance if they win out the regular season while um, maybe I'll be pouring something on me as Jeff and Tom are doing keg stands and Ira's funneling funneling a beer funneling two beers, beers. Yeah. they're doing keg stands I feel like I've got to pour something on me um so I'll be doing that while they're all doing and that'll be at uh that'll be a corner pocket um the Saturday after the game so we're gonna we're gonna try to have a live show like, like we talked about on with Tom a live show that Saturday morning ish like late morning 11 30 right going right into the rivalry games and we'll be there uh, pouring stuff on ourselves. Saturday so, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that for the fans, right? Okay. I'll do that All for right. the fans. All right. 
Our guy Kyle on the internet known as Get Down or Lay Down on the Friday pregame show, can we get Corey and Jeff to eat a Pocky Carolina Reaper Madness tortilla chip to show the Raging Cajuns we aren't scared of them or their spicy food diet? Corey can get a pass due to his gallbladder, but he should get Jeff to partake. I was going to say, well, I don't have a gallbladder anymore, so I'm all set. I, I don't need a pass. Like, that thing's out. Um, but no, I'm not doing that. That doesn't sound enjoyable at all. I've seen people's reactions eating that. And I just was like, okay, what am I doing this for? I'm not 19. What, I, I saw a 50-year-old man do that. And I'm like, what are you doing to yourself? Who are you? Pro- what are you trying to prove? Um, so no, no, I, I will not partake in really spicy foods. Um, just it's, it's life's not, life's too short. Life's too short to uh, torture yourself like that. You could, though, Aslan. Why don't you stop by and eat something hot? I have actually have the chip from last year uh, on my kitchen island, but just for show, I would not eat it. It's, I hate spicy food. Yeah, I'm not a fan too. of it. It's, yeah, yeah, I don't enjoy it. You people are weird. It's fun to watch me sweat. And when I had uh, COVID, I think I told this story. I can't remember. I had COVID, mm. um, and I couldn't taste anything. So I went over to Tom Tom's house, and he had, like, this crazy hot – one million Scoville hot sauce with ghost peppers and everything in it. And I took a, I dipped my finger, they put it on a plate and I dipped my finger in and just sucked off my finger. And I couldn't taste it, but my head started sweating and then I got the hiccups. Yeah, that's how crazy, that's, that was my body's reaction to something I couldn't even taste. So I can't even imagine what I would have done if I could have tasted it. I'd still be probably in their driveway puking. Let's start off with Cajun Noel. Good morning, y'all. Long-time listener. First time asking a question. I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana. Famous Ooh. people include Jake Delhomme, Dustin Porter, and myself. Oh, there you go. Jake Delhomme, by the way. Get it right, Aslan. Okay. Former Super Bowl quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And Dustin Poirier. Uh, I was going to say uh, Lafayette. I meant to say Lafayette and butcher it all, but shout out to yeah. our folks down in the bayou. Question, who's your favorite player or players that have played for FSU that have come from the state of Louisiana outside of Warwick Dunn? Kyle Myers? The Kyle Myers guy. Kyle Myers, yeah. He had a nice nice finish to his career. Um, I mean, Travis Miner is the one that comes right to mind, but he went to the same high school as Dunn and played the same position. Is there – who else is from Louisiana like right – that was Greedy Vance. Greedy Vance. You're right. You're right, Destin Hill. Once he shows up, <laughs> too soon. Um, Jakai's a guy from uh, Louisiana. Yeah. give me one of your favorites. Right now, it's Travis Minor. I- I'll keep thinking because not, you know Talman Gardner. I think is from Louisiana too. Correct. He is. He is. You're uh, right. But I, you know, he he doesn't eclipse Travis Minor. Um, I feel like there's some defensive players. I mean, they did pretty well in Louisiana there for a while when they had it rolling. But right now, I'm just struggling to think of one. But I will. I will. I'll, we'll come back. Well, nothing's wrong with Travis Minor. That's a very good That's a very good answer. So I'm going to stick with Travis Minor. I almost said David Warren, but he's from Texas. He's so. from Texas, yeah. You're close. It's right there, right? Yeah, it's right there. Um, but, yeah, it's work done. Stop, stop asking these questions. Like, what's your favorite holiday, but you can't say Christmas or Thanksgiving? I, hey, don't, I don't know. It's a valued subscriber. Boxing don't tell him day. how to ask questions. <laughs> Sam M.H., Wake up. Sadly, I'm looking past this week's opponent. What can mm-hmm. I say? I want to sweep the rivals. What do we have to do to beat the Gators? Show um, up, don't press. Yeah. yeah. That's a good answer, Aslan. Yeah. Don't press. Don't make it more than it is. It's a huge game, but don't, don't, don't succumb to like the, the, the pressure of it all. 
Um, just play how you've been playing, and you'll be fine. You'll beat them. They're not as good as you if you play the way you can. So just go out there. And I know they obviously it's going to feel different than the Louisiana game or at Syracuse. But, man, they handled business so well at Miami. And it's going to be a very similar type atmosphere, although obviously more people will be cheering for you. Just go have that exact same mindset going into that game. And you, you, you could win comfortably if you play well. Just don't make it more than what it is. You're a good football team. You're better than them. Go prove it. Yeah. And not to gloss over it. It's a game. It's a big deal. But you know how we roll here. We're one week at a time. Exactly we're, right. Exactly. We're Louisiana. We're still yeah. we're still stuck on, uh, what did you say, Laf- Lafayette? Yeah. We're, we're still stuck on Lafayette, Louisiana. All right, this is going to be, I guess, the recruiting portion of the program. So oh, bear, sweet. All right, so, that's, my, that's my wheelhouse. Yeah, so uh, bear with us here as we try to go through it. Uh, Null for Life, class of 2007, wake up. Uh, since Aslan's best friend for life, Jimbo Fisher, is looking like he's going to run another program into the ground, let's go grocery shopping. Looking at their roster, what player would you covet most if they hit the portal? I looked at it briefly, and everybody they have that I like is pretty much like a junior. So they're they're going to leave. They're, they're not going to go anywhere. What about the, the uh, all-time freshman class he just brought in? Yeah, I don't Wouldn't think they're he, doing anything all that great right now. That's the problem. I mean, but that's but no, I mean, he doesn't play freshman that much. Like they've got to be very talented. I would take whoever didn't they have like five defensive linemen that were five stars? I'll take three of them. Okay. I don't know. Hey, I'm not going to be greedy. I'm not going to be uh, a greedy Vance over here. I don't need all five. I just want two or three of them. But yeah, I would I would make a run at uh, you, you'd want any of those defensive linemen. All right. Walter and, Nolan. Uh, we'll take Walter and Nolan. the kid. The, the wide receiver that it tell him you'll allow him to wear sleeves. <laughs> sleeves are allowed in Tallahassee. Um, Walter Nolan, he's a six foot four, three hundred twenty pound interior defensive lineman. That's okay. uh, he's great out at sixty six, which is it's good. I would take Smoke Bowie just because of the name Smoke Bowie. That's a strong Man. name. I was thinking, I, well, I guess I can't say this now because Florida State. I just talked about a guy named Greedy, but. Man, the SEC teams, and especially like Auburn, they always seem to have a guy named Smoke or Tank. Right. Just one of those cool (laughs) nicknames, man. And Florida State, I know they had Tank Carradine, but that was a decade ago. Like, they don't have the really cool nicknames that that, that some of these SEC schools have. So, yeah, man, I would take a a Smoke any day of the week. Um, What is he? What position does he play? Defensive back. Of course. Yeah. It'd be weird if he was a D-end. We'll take Shamar Stewart, although I don't know. Is I'm trying to. See, I don't see him up. Yeah, I mean, duh. yeah, not great. Uh, hey man, what did what did go go back and look at what Trey Benson graded out last year? Yeah, you can't look. Right. You can't use PFF as any gauge of anything when they're freshmen. Uh, just just if they were talented enough to be top twenty in the country, uh, you'll take them. Take a chance on. Yep. And then Lebus, Le- Lebius, Lebius. He's from he's from Milton, Alpharetta. Uh, Labias Overton will take him okay. as well. Georgia kid then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shamar Stewart's from Opalaka, so we'll get some of that three hundred five. What does he play? Defensive line. Yes, bring him. You okay. need some D linemen, and I still got my eye on the kid at Illinois. Yeah. Don't forget about him. He's still like number the Newton kid. He's still like number three in the country in uh in defensive end grades on PFF. Yeah. Or sorry, defensive linemen in general. He's got like. Something like he's a defensive tackle that has like 19 quarterback hits. 
That's crazy. That's a crazy number. So, and he's a Florida kid, just a sophomore. So bring him down too. Keeping it up recruiting-wise, Baminol80, good morning from beautiful North Alabama, gentlemen. Thank you for all the great content. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Yeah. Do you guys think the next few weeks will make a dent in our recruiting efforts, or is it pretty much set by this point? That's, that's a fair question that we, we don't really have a – it's a very nebulous answer because what we were telling you, and I mean the royal we, like pretty much everybody on the beat, not just this website, not to bring anybody down to the fray with us here. But it was like, all right, man, they need to they need to prove it. They need to show these recruits. Go ahead, win eight, nine games, beat your rivals, show them what you're building, build it, win they will come. They're winning and they're not coming right now. So that's that's a bummer. It's unfortunate. But I don't think it's it's not gonna it's not gonna stymie you long term. I still think they're gonna go into the portal and end up getting really good players. Hakeem Williams is a real, genuine, five-star breakout kind of guy at wide receiver, too, so somebody you should probably see pay dividends quite quickly. Um, maybe one more season to stack it up, because get, get this momentum built now and carry it into your offseason, and then that can be what gets the guys to jump on board. Because, again, so many of these guys commit early on into the cycle. It's hard to... You know, it's hard to say, hey, now look at us in November. Now we're flying high. And I know, you, Corey, you were like, well, I don't think the three-loss you know, streak really affected anything, which I don't think it did necessarily, but maybe you need to have better momentum in April, May, June, which sounds crazy, but that's kind of the way these kids are wired right now when it comes to the cycle of making that decision. Yeah, and, and it is, as it relates to these next two weeks, we talked about it on headlines. Like, I don't... Don't you think? Because the when is that, when is early signing day? That's probably something we should know as this show. But it's it's in December, first Wednesday it's, in December. Yeah, so it's two three weeks away. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine there's people that, that somebody that's deciding on Florida State is going to let the Florida game dictate one way or the other where they go. Like I think if you're interested in Florida State, you've already I take seen it back. enough. I apologize. I apologize. December twenty first. Okay, so you were way off. Well, you were you. You well, might as well have said. I mean, you had you 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 had you had a one in four chance. I guess I get that right. <laughs> you knew it was sometime well, it's in December. Well, the first Wednesday in February. For why wouldn't you just do the first Wednesday in December if you're gonna do it that I, way? But probably because they're they're uh, you know they're they're playing the championship game. So you said it's December twenty first. December twenty first. Man, that's right. But b- bold prep will be happening uh, right before Christmas. Huh, anyway, I, that seems a little late. I'll be honest with you, Aslan. That oh, seems thank later you. Than All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you bury me, should be thank somewhere you. in the middle. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I I would think somebody that that is already interested in Florida State has seen enough. Like whether they win or lose against Florida, say they beat Florida thirty to twenty seven. Well, or lose thirty to twenty seven. Is that really going to dictate? where you want to spend the next three or four years, you're already bought in or you're not bought in. I Maybe there's one or two on the fence. I think what you hope, though, is Napier and Mario Cristobal can sell starting over. I, we're building a brand new program. Look at us. Don't don't pay attention to, you know, I know we're not ranked and we just got, we're, we're, we're losing as much as we're winning, but we're building something here. So it wouldn't be a great look for Mike Norvell to then lose to a first-year head coach when you're trying to sell the product of what you can be because you got a two-year head start on them. And if you lose to them in your own stadium with a good team and a ranked team, that would not be a great look, but I still think enough has been proven, especially if you win this week, where you've won eight games, that people can see, yeah, this thing's going in the right direction. So I don't, 
I don't know. I don't I don't know that that the next two weeks will matter that much because I think the hay is in the barn with most of these kids, like the kids that are seniors. Hmm. Now, next year's class, I absolutely think it can matter because you're talking about building momentum and maybe stemming some momentum for Florida. Like, ho, 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 look, I know you guys all thought Miami was up and coming and Cristobal's coming home and you got Ruiz and there's a lot of excitement around, oh, we just beat him 45 to three. Still excited? You could do something similar to Florida if you go and win that game convincingly. You could give the kids in the next year's class and the class after that something to really think about. Because you right now, it's the state's wide open. You can run it. But you, you, you do need to win that game. I just think for this particular class, I would think most of their decisions are already made, right? There can't be more than a handful of kids that they're both in on that are really 50-50. Not, yeah. not even a handful. There might be one or two that are like really coming down to Florida or Florida State. Yeah. Uh, they're eighth right now, Florida, Miami ninth in the on three recruiting team rankings, Florida State 17th. Um, so, but again, you know, this doesn't, that doesn't factor in the portal. Uh, they'll do quite well in the portal. It's kind of what they do. Let's keep it recruiting. We've got about three more in this family. We'll see if we okay, can maybe right. try to bundle them all here. S-Rod, 1998. Wake up. Good morning to the greatest podcast in the history of podcasting. Not oh, confirmed, I, though. Not amen. Confirmed. No, that is true. That is true. I'm happy, to, so happy to have this season. He's got a two-parter. We'll save the second part for another one that we'll bundle. I'm so happy to have this season, this team, in a bowl to watch. At the same time, I'm worried about recruiting, player acquisition, and if this is nothing more than a Butch Jones-styled mirage. Coach Norvell has rebuilt this program. Impressive coaching to his credit. We are thankful. Can he restore the dynasty? Um, J.R. Noel, 86. Love the work, guys. I'm a huge fan of the portal with our amazing hit rate. Mike's the Kirby of the portal. Um, That's not a bad play. Like, I don't, yeah. he doesn't get, uh, he's not the Kirby because Kirby goes and gets like five star high school recruits that everybody wants. These guys that Florida State has gotten the last couple of years aren't exactly household names, Caleb Williams's that, that yeah. are Jordan Addison's that everybody wants, but they have done a remarkable job of identifying talent and getting game changing type talent here. Like, you know, Jamie Robinson was a nice player at, at South Carolina. Uh, Jermaine Johnson showed some promise. Johnny Wilson had done nothing. Trey Benson had done nothing. Micah Pittman had done very little. And these guys are all huge parts of this team. Tatum Bethune had actually was one of the most accomplished guys. Um, so that, to me, is when you... when you They're going to have to start factoring in when they do these recruiting rankings. To me, it's almost silly. Like I get it, you all you you want to be a you want to have a top five recruiting class. We all get it, we all want it. That's how you build a program. But in this day and age, in particular, man, look at A and M's. A and M just had the best class of all time. What is it going to look like next year? Like, are any of those kids going to be there? Like with NIL and with the transfer portal, it's all it's more meaningless than it's ever been, and it's very very meaningful. But though you know, is is Marvin Jones Jr. going to stay at Georgia? So. Is Travis Hunter going to stay at Jackson State? You lost those kids on National Signing Day, but did you lose them forever? That that's the that's that's the new reality we live in. Um, so, you know, I don't even know what my my point was there, but it, it's just so different than it's ever been. And that transfer portal, it's not just sour. It's not just um, 
you know, giving someone a pass for, I think Florida State's 17th in the country right now in recruiting. You want them to be higher than that. But if you factor in the transfer portal, which they should, I would say Florida State's class last year, you brought in Bethune, Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, Trey Benson. That's a top, wouldn't that push them up six spots in your recruiting rankings, Aslan? Yeah. yeah. So that that's I, I, that's just something, that that's another element that you have to factor in when you're looking at uh, player acquisition and, and recruiting rankings. All right, J.R. Knoll, uh, as I parse it down, with a couple more years of top-end portal hits and the wins that were to follow, Norvell should be ready to rake in multiple layers of five stars needed for another dynasty stretch. Thoughts? Um, is this other one? This one's about eval. We'll get to that one after this one. You just, you kind of, you, you guys are asking me to believe in something that I don't, I think is kind of unprecedented in terms of a dynasty stretch. Has any program been dynastic twice in your lifetime, Corey? Um, I mean, Alabama, what they're going through now, I mean, that was, you know. Yeah, so, but they weren't any good. They weren't yeah. very good from when I started watching college football. They were pretty irrelevant except for one year and then a couple of years in the 90s. Um, so I, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there has been one, but uh, Oklahoma maybe. Yeah, Oklahoma would be my best because they were incredible in the 80s. They were always awesome. Then they disappeared for the 90s and then yeah. they got good again. All right. uh, and they're 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 always a playoff. They were always a playoff contender. So I guess that they would be the uh, the answer to that. But yeah, it doesn't. You're you're not going to get like dynasty. There, you're not going to have another dynasty run. That's just not college football. That's just not going to happen. Nick Saban, Alabama. I, I don't. I can't foresee that really happening anywhere. It could, I guess. Well, but, Kirby. I mean, Kirby's kind of he's the next in line. Yeah, but he's got to do it for another eight years. Yeah. You know that's that's I, that just seems hard, far fetched, and I mean it. Do it for eight years, like you're in the playoffs every year. You don't have a down year, yeah. and it's um, that so, dude who coached for that guy at yeah. that school with those resources, financially and human resource wise. Not that Florida, uh, the state of Florida, is a slouch when it comes to recruiting, but man, I, I always remember being in Dothan and we interviewed Tommy Tupperville before he became a senator or whatever. And remember asking him, like, what do you think is the best coaching job in all of America? And he said, well, I mean, he didn't even hesitate. He's like, Georgia. The University of Georgia, he's like, you cannot find better talent within just a stone's throw of greater Atlanta. He's like, there, there's nowhere else you need to go. He's like, the University of Georgia is by far the best job to have. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but I guess because it's so close to the, the – yeah. There's so many people, so many good football programs – and good players in that one area of Atlanta. I would say overall Florida is better, but Florida's a lot of bigger, a lot bigger. Uh, there's big cities all over Florida, but Atlanta's just right there. It's 45 minutes from Athens or an hour from Athens, and there is a ton of of great talent there, including this, a kid at my son's high school. Yeah. He's like the number one safety in the country, and he chose Alabama. Hey, also speaking of recruiting, side note: Do you know there's a remember the Steiner brothers, wrestlers, the Steiner brothers? Yeah, yeah. A Scott Steiner's kid. Uh, it's from Ackworth, and he committed to Virginia Tech basketball. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, I saw that How the other that? day on Twitter, and yeah. figured I'd share it at this point. What a cool tangent! Yeah, it'd be great to it's get a nice back to the side. It's good to have that kind of stuff. Yeah, but so, but the the point being the the overall point, that, and I think it's something we both agree with, right, Aslan? I, I think that I've been more sold on Norvell than you have. Yes, um, but we both can see that he's building a program. Like this is yeah. this is so much better than it was three years ago. There's real hope. There's real, you just, he knows what he's doing. He's got himself a program. He has done some heavy lifting and got this thing in place. 
to be pretty good for a while. We both still wonder, as you guys do, the people that are asking these questions, when does it translate into top five, eight on the recruiting trail? That's the that's the one question he's got left to answer. Like, top, look, you can get in the playoff with that, the top though. 15 recruiting. You can, though. I mean, to be consistent, to consistently contend for national championships or playoffs, you do. At okay. least top 10-ish. Like, right. You can't hover around top 22 and 23 and 21, 17. You have to start making inroads because you're in the state of Florida. Not, you know, maybe at TCU you don't because it's TCU, but at Florida State, man, you, you need to be recruiting at a pretty elite level. You've got, the, you've got the, the spear on your chest when you walk into a high school. That does mean something. It still resonates. So that needs to start resonating a little more from my taste on the, on the recruiting trail, just if you're going to be consistently elite. But he's got this thing set up, man, where, you know, I mean, he's got a, what are they, 19th in the country now? Yeah. Man, we watched a team last September lose at home to Jacksonville State. And now they're ni- they're actually ranked in the college football playoff 13 months later. This guy knows what he's doing. He is, he's got himself a good team, and the guts of this program are awesome. The one thing that I still the, – the one – everything else, I, the offense has answered all those questions, development, evaluation, all of that has answered questions. It's just the recruiting aspect of it. But when it comes to NIL and this, li- and this reality, I don't even know who to – you know, what – why is he losing recruits? Are they just not interested in Florida State or are they get more money? Like it's hard to know within this new day and age. But yeah, man, that's that's the only only not flaw. It's the only box in my mind. It's the only box that he has still not checked. Elite recruiter. Right. But it, we haven't really seen it hinder them yet. Um I, I think he's gonna be able to go I think they've got a good eye for evaluating guys that already have stuff on tape at this level to figure out whether they'll fit or not. Uh, they've done a really good job of that. I, I just wonder how much of also the quarterback, like I've had such a weird relationship with Jordan Travis at this point with, that like, you know, is he better than any of us can even imagine that so much of the success is based on just his presence, again, of opening things up in the run game, him being so adept at, at just running this offense. But then you look at his previous place and like every quarterback Mike Norvell had Man, those guys always threw for like 3,000 and over 25 touchdowns. So maybe, you know, he made Jordan Travis more so than vice versa. Like the whole Jimbo Jameis thing kind well, of. Maybe. Almost, well, you know? I, that, we, we know the answer to that one, but with that riddle. Do but, we, uh, though? How great has Jameis been, man? Come on, buddy. What do come you on, mean? We, you've, got, you've got now 15 Because he's been so years. horrible without him. But, but together, though, to, not to say that. Like with oh, James, yeah, no, but I'm, yeah, I, I get what you're saying now, but I'm saying the the, the difference is I, I was just saying about Jimbo now. Oh, Jimbo's horrible him. without James. James is not yeah. good without Jimbo. They're Correct. different. Yeah, it was a nice there. marriage. It was symbiotic. Yes, um, very much so. Yeah, nor, but you know, Jimbo had had big number. You know, Jamarcus Ponder, Manuel, like he'd had good quarterbacks in the past. Um, it wasn't just James. James just took him to the next level. I don't think Jordan Travis necessarily has taken this offense to an incredible level that it won't see otherwise. Like once you find somebody to fill that void, I don't know if it's Rodemaker or Duffy or somebody else, but get somebody else in here that's talented, that you you handpicked, that you developed, I I can foresee it being still a really good offense. Because the offensive line's really good, this running back's really good, but also, man, Jordan takes care of the ball and he's really accurate. Those are two things that 
aren't necessarily plentiful out there when it comes to recruiting these guys at that position, which is well, they need to be. You need to go find somebody that yeah. can make good decisions, take care of the ball, and be accurate. There are there are enough of them out there that you can find one of them that would come to Florida State to play football. Uh, and then Samari Noel, I think this should be about the wrap for the recruiting segment of this program. Uh, you can also watch a replay of Michael Langson's recruiting chat up on our YouTube channel. It's totally free. Guys, can you talk about how well Mike and company are are evaluating talent that is coming to the program? Okay, they missed on McKenzie bad as an MFR. Uh, that his words, not mine. But a lot of their quote low rated players seem to be real jewels. Rodney Hill, Darion. Well, let's, let's relax on Darion. It was seven minutes of a football game. Uh, Shaheem, I would put in there. He also has Kentron. I don't know if Kentron's a jewel yet. Um, we kind of talked about this before. Like, you know, that, that first class is a real tough one to have because you, yeah. you have like two weeks to recruit, really, because at the early signing period. Like, Robert Scott's a good dude. DJ Lundy's giving you productivity. That's why I just wonder about them needing to have like a, a, a roster flush with high-level talent. Like, they can find these blue-collar, hard-working guys that really buy in and work their rear ends off, and you can just add a couple guys that are proven – and give them another second chance at life, if you will, like your Johnny Wilsons, that maybe that can get you uh, where you want to go ultimately. But Yeah, I, I, just look, I, sort of. Like, look, man, they have enough talent. That, I don't know what else. What's LSU now? Seventh, sixth? Sixth. They beat the sixth-ranked team in the country. They, and not with a bunch of five-stars. LSU has five-stars all over the place. They have guys that are going to be first, second-day draft picks all over the place. Florida State beat that team. You can do that. That was the first, well, I guess second game of the year, technically, for Florida State. But then they lose their starting defensive tackle. And it kind of sabotages the defense for, for five weeks. If you recruit at a higher level, that doesn't matter as much. Okay, very fair. That's, well that's, that's all. Like, that's all. You, your top-level talent, you're starting 22 in college football today with the parity, you can compete with the Georges and the Ohio States for a game. But can you go through the rigors of your schedule and suffer and, and go through the injuries that you go through that every football team does and have that big a disparity between your starter and your backup? That's where that's where the issues come in. So that's that's my biggest concern about the the player acquisition. But again, you brought up a great point. Number one, his first recruiting class, he had two weeks, right? Yeah. The next recruiting class, they didn't get to see anybody in person for the entire year. They didn't get to recruit anyone. It was not a real recruiting season. So he's really on his what, second real recruiting class where he's actually got to be a, a football coach going and watching and evaluating players and trying to develop relationships, having them come to his camps. All, this, all these great ideas that he had that he had done in the past, he's now implementing at Florida State. You just, I'm, I'm ready to see it take off. I want the 2024 class to be a top 10 class. That's not too much to ask, Aslan. No. It's not too much to ask, buddy. Man, we spent so much time talking about recruiting. It's incredible. Let's get to some reads, though. Well, that's There's... what people listen to this show for. Yeah, that's Our right. takes on recruiting, baby. That's right. Good hand placement. Thick I mean, the bottom. hips. The fluid hips, too. Yeah. Really fluid hips. Comes in and out of his break really well. Hey, you know what's also uh, comes out of the breaks good? Making some <laughs> bets. When you listen to Corey and I, we had our winners yesterday. Go back, listen to it. There's some real good ones there. Corey's mm. lock of the year. If you right. want to refinance your house, North Carolina, minus 21, if you can still find it out there, anybody, kids, hop on it. Over at mybookie.ag, use the promo code WAKEUP 
to claim your deposit bonus, a half deposit match of any amount, up to $1,000. You can stream games and live bet while you watch, so turn your game day into payday with my bookie. Florida State, 24.5-point favorite, 52. You're over under on that contest, so maybe like a... I don't know what they're thinking, like a 40-ish to low teens kind of final score. We'll see how it all goes, but you know how to pick winners. You can pick it over at MyBookie with their huge selection of odds, props, and contests for all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. When you play with MyBookie, you're not just betting, you're joining the winning team. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere over at MyBookie.ag. Let's go into some sort of... 38 to 13 is about what they're thinking. Somewhere in that neighborhood, it seems like that. I think that's the math that checks out there. NYC, Noel, wake up, gents. You guys are the best podcast covering FSU. Hmm. It hasn't been verified. Also, I, I, you could have left it off after just podcast, right? Well, I'm reading what I, he I specified. Don't, I, yeah, he I don't specified, know. but he didn't have to specify. We know. We know we're just the best podcast, period. Yeah, I, don't, I don't read everybody's questions verbatim, so I could have cut that one right. off, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, guys, it's Louisiana week. I was bored. I came across a piece of information I did not know, so I now have a trivia question. Probably won't stump Corey, though, but I'm going to try. Hmm, which right. which bowl game that is still around today in its original name was Florida State a part of in its inaugural year? So a bowl game that's still around, still has the same name, Florida State played in its inaugural year. Drink the Luna, click the Wake Up War Chant box on the right. Yeah, I think it means the like button or subscribe. Go Knowles. It's not the Cigar Bowl. That was the first one they played in. That's not around anymore. What a great name. It's awesome. The Cigar Bowl. Maybe uh, R.J. Reynolds. Uh, I would guess maybe the Fiesta Bowl. Oh, he got it. I got Let's it. Go. I nailed that. Let's go, Corey. All right, baby. All right. I feel good. Was it what year was it? 67, 64? What year was it? Uh, he didn't give us that. He didn't give us that. Oh, just, okay. He just so he crushed it. Out of boy, Corey. Let's go. All right. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. Noel Boy 02. Hey, guys. Wake up. I'm going to hijack this question a little bit, but I love him. Uh, what team would you like to play most in a bowl game this year? I know a lot of people are saying they want an SEC team, but personally, I would like to see FSU Texas in the Cheez-It Bowl because it's never happened, and I think it would bring in a lot of money. Also, because I think we could dominate them and their fans. Ooh. Yeah, they're 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 little they're little they're little they got a little they're not as blue collar as most Texas folk, them Austinites, you know. We can if that's what you're talking about dominating them, or maybe you're talking about yelling louder than they can. Support the players, the sponsors, and war chant uh, on YouTube. And Rising Spear, he says. Thank you. Um Texas would be cool because I I think I don't know, is Bijan Robinson, is he a sophomore or a junior? I would think if he's draft eligible, he will not play in that game, and I feel exponentially better about our chances against them so i wouldn't mind texas texas would be fun but i'd rather go to austin like i want to go to austin i want to watch a game in austin it'd still be cool to play texas but you're right you're right if they're gonna play like you know it it wouldn't be nearly as cool as if it'd be cool to see texas and doke just those colors and that you know that those bevo and bevo and renegade bevo there yeah just renegade just osceola just just stabs bevo with the spear um, we're all eating. We're all eating, baby. Um, what would be the would the NCAA fine Florida State? Would they suspend the game? Would they would they would Florida State go on probation? Like, what would you do if you're if Osceola killed, literally speared killed Bevo killed Bevo? Uh, man, I, 
I think there's like there's a bunch of Air Force base in Texas. I think they'd bomb us. I mean, like, oh, Tallahassee you might, well, you're right. Well, yeah, that's it's Texas. They're out there. They're, they do things differently out there. But yeah, I mean, I feel like um, you probably could still play the game at least. <laughs> I mean, Osceola probably gets arrested, but you just play the game. It's fine. Whatever. And so I looked it up. It was 1971 was they played Arizona State in the Fiesta Bowl. All right. Nice. Arizona State, of course, they had to play Arizona State in Tempe and they lost 45 to 38. What I want to ask you, Corey, is would you rather Florida State play a, like a really good offense, like a really explosive, dynamic offense in their bowl game, or go up against a team that's more renowned for having a really stingy defense? I just don't think it matters, right? Because who who of that defense will be playing? Because well, it, it's in just a vacuum, bowl games though, are different. Well, bowl I, games are different, and Florida yeah, State's right. offense might not have all its own guys. Right. So – I really don't have a preference just because you don't know. You don't know anymore who's going to be playing in a bowl game. And they're, so, they're such unique games, standalone games anyway, that you might have a top 10 defense. But if two of the guys sit out and you're not really, you don't really care because you're both 8-4, and four, it might be 40-37. to 37. Yeah, I just, I wonder, I want to see, like, like in a vacuum almost, like I want to see Florida State's offense go up against Georgia's defense, and I want to see Tennessee's offense go up against Florida State's defense. Like, to get a real barometer, because they're the number 19 team in the country, but what ranked is Georgia Tech right now? Like, what do we think? Of the 131 teams, like, Georgia Tech's, like, what, 99? Miami's, like, what, like, maybe 87th? Yeah. I mean, Syracuse is, you know, probably a top 40 team, although we'll see how that the, the smoke settles on that. Like, I, I want at least whatever team they play, I just want them to have some sort of calling card to, like, where we'll get a real good barometer of what we have right now. Not to say that any of this is, like, smoke and mirrors or fool's gold, but, like, it would help me. It would go a little bit way, uh, ways if they played, you know, I guess maybe, like, Texas's offense, although they couldn't do anything against TCU. But isn't Texas – I mean, Florida's offense is better than Texas's. Wouldn't that tell you more? Yeah, we're gonna yeah we are gonna find a lot after the Florida game. That's for sure. And you also you sure. bookended the season with LSU and Florida. Those are those are pretty good barometers of where you are as a program, I think. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Dalvinism. Wake up. Coming to you live from Corey Stomping Grounds, Gwinnett County. I know we all want to leave the up. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I know we all want to leave the ACC, but with the way Clemson's trending and the soon-to-be expanded playoff, FSU seems like they have a clear path to the playoff every single year as long as they're in the ACC. I know money is a lot less, but do you think from a competitive standpoint it may actually make more sense to go back to being big fish, small pond? Probably, but I'm, I am over. I'm over it, man. I'm over Boston College. I'm over playing Syracuse. Yep. yep. I'm over. I just I don't, I want to play. I want to play Auburn, man. I want to play Ole Miss. I want to play those teams week-to-week basis. I just do. But your yep. point is valid. Uh, you stay in this conference – Gives you a nice path to, to one of the, being the one of the twelve guys to get a seat at the table. Yes, your 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 chance of getting the playoff are probably even though the SEC will have more teams, um, you have much better chances of winning games in the ACC than you do playing a full SEC slate. Uh, that's understood. We all get it. But at the same time, sure would be nice to have an extra seventy million dollars a year. <laughs> yes. Oh, look at yeah. that. And think about this fan base. This fan base is hardcore, right? Like Florida State football fans are on another level. Who do you snipe with? Like you got Miami and Florida, and then the ten other weeks of the season, you had LSU to kind of go up against. But like, do you really look forward to Wake Forest week? 
Like, no. can't wait even to that, play NC even State. Even this week, like this this year was the perfect example because uh, Florida State was undefeated when Wake came to town. Wake had just lost in double overtime to Clemson. They were one of the top 10, 15 teams. It was like a top 15 matchup, right? Or top 20 matchup, whatever. And it just, it's still Wake Forest, man. And no offense to them because they beat Florida State every year these days. But it's just not the same. It's just, they don't bring anybody with them, even when they're good. It's not like you'll be at corner pocket on Friday night and a throng of Wake fans come rolling in. They don't even know where Tallahassee is. They, they never come. It's just players' families that come to these games from, from all of these schools, not named Clemson. It's all just players' families. And that's a cool aspect of college football games that Florida State fans don't get to enjoy is opposing fans. Like, if you play Auburn and Doak, there'll be 10,000 Auburn fans in the city. Yeah, man. Yeah. You play Alabama, 10,000. If Alabama's really good and you're not, here. it could be 20,000. Yeah. What? Yeah. Arkansas would even pack Doak, I guess. They all would, man. Everybody but Vanderbilt. And maybe Kentucky. But even Kentucky, I think, would. Uh, Just Georgia. I mean, they're... Because we're a bucket list. We're a... This is a... You know, you want to be, you want to go well, to Doak Campbell just, Stadium. Just watch, just watch any SEC game. When Arkansas play, when out, when Arkansas plays Auburn in Arkansas, there'll be eight thousand Auburn fans there. They just travel to go watch these teams play, and it just doesn't happen in the ACC. Uh, real quick, Corey Crawfish, overrated, underrated, properly rated. Don't know. Don't eat them. I tried to eat them once. I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> I didn't understand, and I'm like, this. Can I just get? How about the fisherman's platter? Can I just get the platter and not worry about having to get my like figure out how to get this tiny little piece of meat out of this crustacean or whatever a crawfish is? I, I just yeah, yeah, I uh, think you're right. I think you're right. Think you're right. Um, so no, I, I I can't tell you. I don't know. I love lobster tail though. All right. You know why I love lobster tail most, Aslan? The butter. It, it's already open for me. <laughs> I don't have to go in there and crack it like a caveman. I I can actually. It's just there. I can take it out of its shell really easy and dip it into my drawn butter. Now, like you, you, now you sound like an ACC guy. I love it. I know, man. What am I doing? I should be in there. I love the ACC, man. <laughs> this is home for us. Yeah. Uh, Mahogany Strat likes the idea of crawfish and the novelty of a crawfish bowl, but, man, it takes a lot of crawfish to make you full. Mm. Um, question. If Jared Verse goes to the draft, who leads the team in sacks next year? Patrick Payton, Derek McClendon, somebody from the portal, or somebody on the current roster not named? I'm, I think I'm all in with Patrick Payton, man. All right. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I, and I think they're going to get somebody good from the portal because how could you not after the last two guys? But I, I, I'm all in on Patrick Payton, man. I think he's a 10-sack-a-year kind of guy. I think he's going to be a problem for a, for another year or two in this in this league. This might be for a, a reply on the thread, typing on your keyboard. I don't even know how to properly say that. But anyhow, Aslan, Corey, thanks for all the content. Corey... With the improved special teams play, can you recount the hidden punt yardage as you did for last year? I'm guessing it may be a little bit better than negative 150, but I figured you had an eagle eye on watching this for the season. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think what I'd have to do is go and count, like go get five of the punts last year that they let bounce and count out just five random ones. Count out the yards and just, uh, it, because I don't want to go count out. I'm not going to assume that they all, I don't know how many. I mean, I guess we could assume they all bounce ten yards if you don't catch them. Okay. So if they if they go fifteen, yeah, I could do that. I guess now that I talked myself into it, I'm not going to, but I could. Um, I would say Micah Pittman alone has saved them twenty five first downs this season. 
I think he saves, well, maybe, I think he saves them two first downs a game, at least. He averages 10. He, I think he leads the ACC with like 10.5 yards on punt return average. So last year, I think their average was three. So right there, he's gained you seven yards. And then you think of all the times he's caught a ball that wouldn't have been caught. I bet, I, I bet you could theoretically make an argument he's saved you 400 yards in field position with the course of a season. Trying to get returns. Punt returns. Micah Pittman, number one in the conference, averaging tied with the guy from uh, Pitt. How many does he have? 16 for 162 with a okay. long of 34. Yeah, so 162 yards. So last year, if you're going by the same average, I think they averaged like three yards a return. So that's 16 for 48. So right there, you're 114 yards better. Plus, you think of that 150 that you've saved by catching the ball. Well, now you're at 264 yards, um, and that might be being – like, it could be more than that. So I, was, I probably said a little too much, but it's probably in the neighborhood of three, 250 to 300 yards in field position Florida State by having was, Micah Pittman by there, back there. Florida State was 13th in the conference last year, averaged 4.2 punts per – or 4.2 yards per punt return. And, but one of them was like a 40-yarder by Keyshawn against Jacksonville State. Like you wipe that one away, and I guess that's not. I know that's they had not how stats work. That's seventy-one total yards. They had seventeen for seventy-one yards. That's crazy, and they had forty on one. So I mean, it is remarkable how bad they were at it. Uh, just couldn't catch it. Wouldn't catch it, and when they did catch it, didn't do anything with it. And now they're actually doing something with it. That dude catches it and runs forward. He's really tough to get get down. I just, I'm, I'm, I really like. That's he's been a he's been as big a deal. I mean, if you think about it, what did we just say? Three hundred yards. Probably 250 to 300 yards saved in punt returns. How many yards receiving does Micah Pittman have this year? I'm one man with only two monitors, Corey. You're killing me, man. I, I Sorry. I would guess he has somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 yards receiving, right? 300? I think he's got over 300. But the point being, he's done almost as much. Okay, so he's done almost as much for you in yardage and just catching punts and running forward with them as he has as a receiver, man. That's, that's been a, that was a really, really good signing by those guys, because Micah Pittman's made a big difference. Even though he's not been a superstar, he's made a really big difference back there. Let's package these two together. Our guy in Hawaii, Ralph, Spartan 071. Aloha, guys. How's it? A few weeks ago, I asked if we could get back to the days of Mickey's defense in that we played next year's starters a lot. Summarizing, yeah. your answer was today's offenses will not allow that. In the past few weeks, if the past few weeks are not symbolic of what should we expect week in and week out, then I will revise my question. As a coordinator, how many reps per year would you set as a goal to make sure your future starters are getting the experience they need so as not to have a productivity drop-off when they do become the starters? Bookmark that. Just, Bookmark that. Oh, Seminal okay. life. Wake up. Curious your thoughts on the timing of starters coming out of the games and blowouts. I ask because we put Tate in, left Trey Benson out there when right. the game was 38-3. to Found it odd. Why risk your best back at that point? So I think when you bring guys I, in and out. The answer I, I to this, Corey, left. is sorry. All right. All right. Oh, ooh, go for ooh, it. Ooh, Corey Smith. Ooh, Corey Smith. Well, I, I mean, I, I go, tried to answer go. Ralph's question. You cut me off. I tried to answer right, that question. You cut me off. Get more cupcakes early in the season. Get them their playing time. Then I, I don't know how many times you're going to be able to get guys in conference games the way you have the last two weeks. It's been awesome, but I don't know if you can count on that. The the answer is. North Alabama, not Alabama. Get them early hmm. in the year. Get the guys the, the the snaps they want in those games, and you'll be fine. 
Corey, digress. I don't know, man. Disagree. I think this is fun to do it with uh, against ACC teams. Oh, I do um, too. I don't know if we can count on it, though. Three in a row, baby. Three in a row. It's been incredible. But yeah, I think with Rodemaker, they wanted him to work with the first team. So I, I think that's why he was in there with Benson. And I think many of those guys were a lot. I think Johnny Wilson might have been in the game at some point with him. And, and some of those linemen were, were first team, maybe all of them, for that, that first drive he had. Um, but anyway, going back to Ralph's question real quick. Yes, I don't know if you'd set a number like I want this kid to have 100 snaps because then he'll be much – now he will be. He'll be more ready to play next year because he's had 100 snaps. That is a benefit of it. But it's also you get 100 snaps to know what he is. Like with a freshman, obviously you know there are going to be some growing pains, but you can see some stuff, positive and negative, to tell you, yeah, all right, we, we, need to, we need to get in the portal here. This kid is not – you can you can know pretty early on if a kid is going to be something or not. And so when you see him out on the field and it's like even as a freshman or a redshirt freshman, you're like, all right, that's not great. Or, man, there's something special there. Like Patrick Payton immediately. Now, he's not really a backup anymore. He plays real reps. But somebody like that, Azaria Thomas, those guys start flashing more the more they play. That's how it works. But I, I think it's it's twofold. It helps you get prepared for next year, but it also tells you what you have in them or what you could have in them. And that was the beauty of the 90s because those guys would play 20 snaps a game. And if you do that 10 times, you've played 200 snaps and you're not even a starter. Those are, that's, you know, that's more than, you know, some starters will play. So, uh, or at least close to it. So that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a real benefit what they've been able to do these, these past two weeks, right? That's a, that's a huge deal to get these guys playing time. And I thought Atkins brought up a really good point. Um, when he was talking about the offense, like Rodemaker and those guys going out there, the last two games that Rodemaker's been out there with the backups, they've been going up against the ones from the other team. Mm. Like Miami and Syracuse both left their starting defenses out there in the fourth quarter, They even as they were being embarrassed. So they got real work. This was not just an exhibition, let's just go out there, we're playing their backups, let's go. They were playing guys that were good, ACC starters. And they went out there and, and competed and moved the ball against them. So those were those were all good signs. Our guy Mark M. Adam C. Z. Naples, wake up first. Crawfish underrated. I would eat five to ten pounds at a time when I live in New Orleans. I've even had it shipped to my house in Florida. Can't mm. beat a good crawfish boil. Just need to know how to peel off that tail. Well, exactly. And, and no one teaches you that growing up. If you don't, I guess live. YouTube. I guess YouTube now could teach you. But when you, when I first tried it, YouTube wasn't around. The people at my table weren't helping me. They were just laughing at me. And I was like, screw this. I'm eating bread. And they get me that platter. What do you think is the blueprint for the Louisiana game? Obviously can't look past any opponent these days. Do you give Sean and Lawrence extra touches and keep Trey fresh? Do you limit Jordan to 15 to 18 pass attempts to ensure he's healthy and fresh for Florida? Or do you throw your whole playbook and all your weapons and earn a victory 52 to 10? Interesting game in a way because you can't look past an opponent who will be super motivated to come into Doak and make it a four-quarter game if they can. Go Knowles. Now I'm craving some crawfish. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I don't uh, – I am not. I, I, you can't play that game, man. You can't play like let's go in and let's try to get let's, – let's, let, let's put a cap on what we want these guys to do and let's hope they don't have to throw more than 18 or 20. you got to go in there to win the game. Uh, this coaching staff got embarrassed last year by treating an opponent like an exhibition. Like, literally the worst day of their lives in their careers. Sorry, the worst day of... I'm, they've, I'm, they've had real tragedy, but in their careers, it was the worst day of their lives um, losing to Jacksonville State. And that's because they ran plays with both quarterbacks in the backfield. They're punting with both feet. Where'd that go, by the way? 
Yeah. Mass Romano just become a, a right-footed punter the whole season? Come on, Alex. Um, so they, they treated that game like an exhibition and it bit them in the butt. So you can't go into this game trying to do anything but beat the tar out of Jack or out of a uh, Louisiana. Don't you can't you can't save anything. Now, maybe you save a two point play here or there, but you can't you you've got to empty the barrels, man. If you've got good players that need that in your it's seven to nothing in the second quarter, you can't be like, well, we need Benson for the third quarter against Florida. You need to win this game. Because it would undo all the good work you did if you lose at home to Louisiana. So I, I, after Jacksonville State in particular, I treat this game like it's an ACC game. In fact, it's this team is as good as Georgia Tech and Boston College, in my opinion, or close to it anyway. So treat them like you treated those games. That's how that's how I would look for it. Look at it. This is not. This is not Duquesne. This is not a team you can name your score on. This is a real opponent, um, a proud opponent. They won 10 or 11 games last year. They're trying to get bowl eligible too. Um, they pulled off upsets. Go in there and try to don't, – don't take them lightly. Go do everything you can to win the game. Yeah, and then when you're up 41 to nothing, give, give C.J. Campbell and, and Toa Feely and, and Rodney Hill reps. Uh, back to Estrad, 1998. Should we expect Florida State to break 40, hold the opponent under 20, basic massacre standards, even though Louisiana's down? Um, what do you think? Um, I think I picked 41 to 10 um, because I think you you go out there and you still play. You play hard. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you're – maybe, like, you have an idea, like we want to maybe get Trey Benson out of the game at half, but otherwise I think everything is – I mean, listen, you, you ran Philly special up four scores – on the yeah. road when you have the biggest game of your schedule uh, because it's the next game to a certain degree, the Florida game coming oh, up. Oh, I thought you were talking about Louisiana. Yeah. The, you, they had Louisiana coming up, their biggest game on the schedule because it's the next game. Yeah. I think they'll break 40. I, I won't be disappointed if they are held under 40, but I, I'll be surprised. I, man, I would like them to break 50. I, I would like their scoring offense to kind of uh, get on par with with the way their offense is playing. I'd like 600 yards and 50 points, honestly. Uh-huh. Um, and I would, but I also understand that if you do get a big lead, um, and Norvell's done a pretty good job of this now, when you do get a big lead, start, start subbing liberally uh, because there is a chance Louisiana, if they realize there's no chance they're going to win, they're going to race to get the game over with because they'll have a chance the following week to get bowl eligible. And they really do want to do that. And it's against Texas state, a, a game they actually probably have a much better chance of winning. So, um, but yeah, I, I play that first half. I, I try to get to 42 in the first half. And if you're there, fine. And I'm not saying you will, but you, you, I mean, look, man, this is an offense that starting from what, starting from the, the fumble against Georgia Tech when you're at the one yard line, this starting offense has had the ball for 28 possessions and has scored on 20 of them. That's crazy. That's an incredible rate in like 16 touchdowns in 28 possessions. In another, in you know, they had one that was intercepted at the goal line. So they they played remarkable. So just keep doing what you're doing, and I'll be disappointed, frankly, if they come out and look lethargic, because that's not what this team is supposed to be. Like I, I don't want to see a start like they had against Georgia Tech. Come out and don't 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 fiddle fart around and and drop passes and drop snaps and have bad penalties that get you off uh, out of rhythm, just go play like you've been playing, take care of business, treat them like you treated Syracuse and Miami. 
All right, uh, the clock is a real thing in our lives. We're going to go about 15 more minutes, try to get Let's in as many it. as we can here. Derail, good morning, guys. Sam McCall put his name in the portal, took it out quickly. Uh, did he take it down because he was just emotional or because he couldn't enter the portal officially until December? Uh, what are the odds that he jumps ship in December and does enter the portal? He did say it was emotional. I don't know if it was he took his name out because of – uh, you know, standard procedure or something like that. And no, I don't no, think people are in the portal him, all the time. Yeah. I don't think the Florida odds they just hosted a kid that's in the portal. And I don't think the odds of him jumping ship are any higher than any freshman on most power five programs. I think it was just a bad weekend for the guy. So, uh, yes, yeah, I mean, opinion. we'll, we'll, we'll see, but you don't know. And I don't know, like only, only Sam really knows, but no, it was not. He didn't take it out of the portal. The answer to the question, he didn't take it out of his name out of the portal because, um, he, you can't officially be in the portal. You are people are in people are officially in the portal right now, including the kid, the the lineman from Florida that just visited. That you can read all about on our website, Aslan. Boom. Ranye, Georgia Knowles, eighty six. Good morning. Wake up. If Jordan Travis returns for his senior year, what do you think the Florida State twenty twenty three preseason ranking would be? How many early departures do you see leaving for the NFL over under of six? I will hammer the under on that. Under. Yeah, I'll do the under. Um, and I think they would be 15th. Oh, really? I, I'd say like 12th. I mean, if they win right. out, that's basically if, if they win out, I think. If they if they win out, they'll be top 12. If they lose to Florida or the bowl game, I, I'll say like 16th. Okay. All right. Well, but just but just for Jordan Lee coming back, or that, that was the stipulation in the question? Yeah. If he returns, like if he doesn't return, I don't, I don't know where they'd be. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, again, and it's so hard to know because we don't even know what this team will look like in August. We have no idea. There are going to be guys we've never heard of that'll be on this team, and they're going to be big parts of this team. I did. I got to admit, I never knew. I had never heard the words Trey Benson, hmm. and look at him. Island Chief, wake up! How in the name of Robert Kleckler Bowden did we get here? We we're averaging thirty-four points per game and allowing only eighteen. Pretty, pretty good. Next two games, test focus and the ability to finish. Have we played our best game of the season yet? Probably. Yeah, I agree I hate to say that, but yeah. these last two have been incredible. I don't know. That's a real high ceiling to clear. Yeah. Um, so you probably have played your best game, but you can match it or come close to it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, he's – he's they, they they did a really good job of, of re-stacking this roster with legitimate college football players. Um, somebody was asking about, and I'll go real quick, but like think about two years ago, Sidney Williams was a starting safety. Right, yeah, I saw that. He's not, now he's a backup linebacker. And the, I'm not trying to kill the kid. Sidney Williams might end up being a very good linebacker, but that's where they were two years ago. They were playing a kid with no experience, a young kid at safety, who same with Tra Travis J, who now aren't anywhere part of their defensive plans. That's how much better the roster's gotten. Uh, they have done a great job uh, at player evaluation, player acquisition, um, and then player development. Those are all three really important factors to be in uh, a good program. It's wild. That's a really good answer, though. I mean, I, I struggle every day doing this show. I'm like, how 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 is this happening? Uh, but Corey really sums it up well right there. Shout out. Thanks, Knowles, buddy. Uh, Knowles underscore no underscore one. Uh, did Napier take his assistants or most of them with him to Florida? I'm wondering if the current Louisiana staff has a good rapport with him and if they would share other angles of their film with Florida. I know as a coach, we always want the inside film of an opponent, but that's not the angle that is shared. In college, I know they get the all-22, which is nice, but inside showed alignments of the offensive line and tight ends 
And for the defense, they're defensive line assignments. I looked it up, Aslan. He oh, my four. man. My yeah, man. he brought four. He has uh, four assistant coaches with him, including his uh, – well, he's got co-defensive coordinators, but one of the co-defensive coordinators is uh, is from Louisiana. But, yeah, four of his assistants are uh, are from his staff last year at, at Louisiana. Um, I, I think the guy that's coaching Louisiana now, the head coach there, who has yes. a, kind of a bizarre name. I can't remember his name. DeSormo. He was in a, that's a, that's a Cajun name if I've ever heard it. Uh, he was an assistant there, right? Clearly, Correct. last yeah. year. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I have to imagine. But they got a little bad blood. He got mad because Napier also took some players, and he was trying to take even more players. And I think there was. They, oh, he, okay, Aslan, you're right. Yeah, so he might. But the head coach might not be on great terms with Napier. And I don't know if those assistants weren't taken with them. Like, hey, you didn't take me to Gainesville to get a yeah. pay raise. Like, I'm not going to help you. So maybe, Or maybe they give them misinformation. Ooh, like, look, man, the 14, he looks tall. He's really 6'1". Don't worry about it. You don't need to roll over a safety. It's fine. Your corner can handle him. The Benson kid, slow as molasses. You're fine. Just gang tackle him. He, he, he's not very good. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Tennis Ump, good morning, guys. What position group has surprised you the most since your preseason preview and the converse? Thanks, as always. You guys are the best. Uh, huh. I, offensive line is – they're awesome, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, they're, they're that's really, got to be the answer. They're yeah, really, really the good. Um, yeah. I thought they'd be better. Wide receivers might be somewhere in there as well. I know the defense is playing great. And no one thought they'd be, you know, only allowing 18 points. But it's just such a weird – it's hard to pick out why it is. I know we talked about Fabian being out. But, man, you know, Renardo's covering really well. Is it Tatum? It's hard to say. But, like, on offense, not to take anything away from Jordan and Trey and these receivers, but, man, that offensive line is giving them time to, yep. to make reads and, and, t- and holes to run through. I, I would not have imagined the offensive line would look this good. That's, That's the answer. Surprise. There's no other answer. It's that one. And I don't know if I'm – I don't – a little bit disappointed maybe in the secondary, but the secondary hasn't really – they haven't allowed any big plays. I, just, I was going to say, and I am too, it's it's such a weird defense to talk about. It because is, I'm, it is. I'm kind of disappointed in Akeem Dent, clearly disappointed in Duke Cooper, yeah. and yet I think they lead the Power Five in passing yards allowed. Like, are they're one of them. Like, they've allowed the fewest passing yards of a Power Five defense in the country. So it's like, well, you can't be that mad at them. So I I don't know it's it just it's it's pretty pretty Florida crazy State is to watch. Second, they are second in the entire country out of every single team. Hundred thirty one. They were behind Air Force uh, in terms of a. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> the Air Force has got the best, uh, the least amount of yards allowed through the air. Shout out oh, Air Force. There you go. There State you go. Air Colorado Force. Springs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Florida State is second. They are second in the entire. How about country. that, man? That's crazy. And I'm like, that's yeah, crazy. Duke Cooper, come on, you let me down. Yeah, Zarye, when are you going to take a step? Akeem, come on. And he's like, well, they're they're just leading the, the leading the country in passing yards allowed. Uh, Thomas Ortner, uh, longtime fan, longtime lurker, first-time writer in. Um, if I give you fine gentlemen the choice for the next seven years, would you rather Mike Norvell lead Florida State to a national title but the sky suddenly falls like what happened under Jimbo or Mark Richt-type run in Athens where we don't get to the playoffs – Although he would have gone to the playoffs, probably those teams. Just yeah. BCS was around that time, but yeah. point taken. One of them. Um, would you rather have a Mark Rick type run in Athens, where they never reach the play? We never reach the playoffs, but we get ten wins, and we never go under eight. You got it. Well, I would. I'll do Jimbo. I do Jimbo all over again. I would do the Jimbo Fisher all to get a national title in that fashion. 
for, I don't know, like, I'd love to be Alabama. I would love to be Alabama, but I'm a realist. That's what they've got is just what they've got. I will I will take a national title every eight years if I have to eat garbage for four in between it of the eight I'm, years gap. I'm trying know. to think of a what is a team that does that now? Like Penn State, a team that, yeah, that never Franklin's really kind of in there, yeah. But yeah. they don't go to a playoff, right? But right. they're good. They're always top twenty ish. Yeah. Um, or would you rather be? Yeah, what Florida State was. Like, would you have rather been a Florida State fan from two? When did Franklin get there? But let's say, would you rather be a Florida State fan 14, from 2012? I think. I think I or let's say, yeah, so Florida State from 2013 to now, or a Penn State fan from 2013 to now? Bingo. I, I literally, I don't know the answer. I think you'd rather be Florida State, but these lows were so low. They were so low, gang. Um, it, it just was really hard to write about, to talk about, to see for you guys. I mean, it just, it was awful. And a part of me, and maybe it's because it's, I was a Braves fan, so I lived it for 20 years. It's better to be good and not win, the ultimately at the end of the year, than win once and be horrible, like the Marlins. You'd much rather be a Braves fan over the last 30 years than you would be a Marlins fan, and yet they have the same number of titles. The Marlins got, have gotten to the playoffs three times in their history. They've won the World Series twice. Meanwhile, the Braves have been there 25 times in the last 30 years and won twice. But it's still just much more enjoyable. The day-to-day, the week-to-week is so much more enjoyable covering a perpetual 10-win team than a 13-win team, 9-win team, 2-win team. Ugh. That, that 2020, for a lot of reasons, was awful. Um 2018, those were just... Those were 2017. Those were dark days, man. So I, I think I might... I might take the Mark Rick run. You don't believe that, but you did a really good job of convincing yourself of that. But I like it. I good think job. I do, man. No I think way. I do. I mean, Pasadena was awesome, man. I mean, you talk about the pain of like losing to Alabama. Was it the the, the twelve, the twenty twelve SEC championship game? Yeah, that yeah. hurts, man. That hurts. Well, it wouldn't have hurt as much if the playoff was around. Yeah. You know, yeah. be like, oh, well, we'll get them again in a couple weeks. Um, my truth. Save himself a spot in line, but we already recorded, so uh, hit refresh, and you still haven't posted your question. So Winkles, who <laughs> Winkles is like the new uh, my guy from Kentucky, just just finds a way to get in there at the buzzer. If this team were a restaurant, what would they be? Huh. I'd say like 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 Cheesecake chili factory. Okay, okay, because they do they're multiple. Yeah, and a okay. t- the huge menu. Okay, right. a lot of different treats. You got a really fun safety to watch who's an awesome player and just just is a straight-up football player. You got the small punt returner who blocks his rear off. It is a is a, is a a uh, It seems like a, a great teammate, but it's just a tough bulldog. You got the tall dude. You got uh, a really good quarterback. You've got an all-American caliber running back. Um, your defensive line has two really good guys in it. Uh, you know, I, this is a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to like. You're good at special teams. Some good stuff in there, man. Just like the Cheesecake Factory. Okay. This segment brought to you by the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, And I'll say something, guys, and I know I shouldn't admit this. I don't think I've ever eaten at a Cheesecake Factory. Have you? Once with Gene and uh, uh, (laughs) I canvassed on social media. I'm like, hey, we're saying in, you know, Buckhead, where should we go have dinner at? And everyone's posting all these suggestions, and we end up going to Cheesecake Factory, and everybody, like, dunked on me. 
I am, well, they should have, but I am right, but not because there's anything wrong with the Cheesecake Factory. There's just some real nice restaurants in Atlanta. But the menu's huge, right? It's, it's like a phone book. Yeah. yeah. And what I ordered was so ambitious, and it came out terrible. And I should have, it was like some sort of like Jamaican jerk meal with like plantains oh, and like black beans, and it was horrible. And I'm like, well, it's Cheesecake Look, and we Factory. Look, we don't want, we love our sponsors. We're yeah. not looking for the Cheesecake Factory. We love Deluna and, and Corner Pocket. You're not going to. You're exactly. not going to come with your big national chain money and try to buy us. Um, you can try. We'll see where the talks go. We'll see where the negotiations go. I went to a cheesecake factory actually to get cheesecake. Okay. That's so I have been there. I lied. I forgot. I have. That's why I know the menu was so big. Because I thought I think I went in there, and I thought it was just a dessert place. Okay. And I'm like, man, that this menu is this big for desserts. <laughs> and of course, no. I see the sizzling fajitas and the whatever else, the burgers. I thought the cheesecake was actually overrated too, but I don't want to keep. But che- I mean, people love Cheesecake Factory, love it, appreciate it. I love yeah. this on the way out. Drill Sergeant Porter tagged us in a thread. It's titled "Ready for Black Friday" on the Tribal Council. Normally, I fry some Gator nuggets or tenders for the game against that team, but this year, I will be supplying the meat for the game because I was able to kill my first Gator. Oh, Aslan can appreciate this with his Gator hatred. I will have tenders and sausage. Very poetic. Happy early Thanksgiving, go Knowles. And there's a photo of him with a on top of a dead gator. And it's Are you allowed big. to? And, it's for, and for, forgive my ignorance, but I guess you're allowed to hunt and kill gators. He in lives Florida? in Florida these days, though. Our guy Joel Sergeant Porter. So I I would figure you couldn't in the state of Florida, but I don't know what other states have gators. Like, if does does Texas have gators in their ponds? I think um, South Carolina has them, right? Yeah, yeah, they're not like just the Florida them. alone. I, I get, it. I understand, but um, but I guess you're allowed to. I mean, they're an animal, right? You could, you know, I guess, if you have a light, if you have a permit, um, you could you could kill them. But hey, man, that sounds great. I've had gator before; it's good. And I don't uh, care if you kill a gator, well, just don't kill the turtles, gang. Let's see here. Uh, in you Florida, know, alligators can only be killed if deemed a nuisance by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission. Uh, there's a statute. A person may not intentionally kill, injure, possess, or capture, or attempt to kill, injure, possess, or capture an alligator or other crocodilian or the mm. eggs of an alligator or other crocodilian unless authorized by the rules of the commission. So we're going to assume that Drill Sergeant Porter had authorization. Yes. And if not, yeah. you need to lay low for a while, man. <laughs> Just don't post any more pictures. Maybe scrub your uh, social media. Corey and I will be back live tonight at 6 o'clock doing this show for you folks. Not this exact one. That would be weird if we did it all over again. But, you know, we're going to do a show. But it's going to be live. Taking questions well, I meant from to say real quick, shout out to uh, the Manatee Burgers. That's funny, thinking of uh, uh, alligators. You can't hunt manatee either, Sergeant no. Drill Sergeant Porter. Yeah, leave them alone. We don't want to eat manatee. But that's their trivia name. And uh, I got to trivia. Well, I didn't even get to trivia in time, but I got there afterwards. And one of the guys had his friend come over. And uh, she's a very nice woman. And she says, hey, are you Corey Clark? And I go, yeah. And she Damn goes, right. I'm not going to let you kiss my baby. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. <laughs> I'm like, good. I don't want to kiss your baby. Oh, man. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Chant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.